what would be like one tip you'd give to some of these people that are maybe trying to jump into the sport or maybe trying to jump into a car to learn how to drift? The pl- the space to drift, like safe places to drift and people to like teach you is not hard to find. Now it's just about like jumping over that little bit of like pride or obsessiveness mm-hmm. of like wanting to have like a cool car out the gate mm-hmm. and like getting into something and just and just drifting it. Get in the car, put a seat coils in it, you know, make sure everything works and it's not going to fall apart and just drift it. Sim, if you want to bridge the gap, try to drift on a Seto. Dude, I feel like that's like God's green gift to the Midwest car enthusiasts are sim rigs because when yeah. it snows for six months out of the year. Yeah. go to a, There's so many drift events now. That's one big thing is when I started drifting, there was only US Air. There was only a, right. an event once a month. You had to register for the event within five minutes or else it was sold out and you didn't get to drift. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Martini Works podcast. We have a special guest with us today. Who are you? My name is Corey Talaska. And he is a professional race car driver. You get to say that, right? Yeah. I just walk around literally telling everyone like, hey, I'm a professional. You know that meme where you're standing in the corner like they don't know? Yeah, they don't know <laughs> they that don't I'm know. a professional yeah. race car driver. Yeah. I like go to parties and stuff and stand in the corner like they don't know, you know? That's <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, if you guys are watching, thank you so much for watching another episode or listening into another episode of Martini Works Podcast. We're coming up with like episode like 40 almost now, right? It's good in there. It's getting up there. Season 17, episode 36. Anyway, we're super happy that you guys are here. If you are looking to, to buy parts, you can mod your car at martiniworks.com. Please don't forget to drop a comment as we go through the segments because Corey's Alaska and us, we're going to talk a little bit about the drifting season, how it went, a little bit about him, like what he does. And then, I don't know, we'll probably hit it up with some breaking news at the end of the segment. See what your <laughs> thoughts are on this new segment that I made randomly and I just really enjoy saying breaking news and then fixing random topics on on reddit so let's get into it Corey, who are you what do you do what's your what, what, what do you drive how does it go <laughs> well i am a formula drift prospect driver uh this is my third year it's pretty uh been a pretty wild three years um i have from the start of my drifting career and now drive a bmw e36 with a two J in it, nice makes uh, yeah like eight hundred horsepower, thing rips. Nice two <laughs> um, J the world for sure, and uh, yeah, just have a lot of fun with the car. I feel super comfortable in it. I literally just spilled coffee all over my nice. pants. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're off it's, to a listen. I, it was you are my sunshine cup, and I'm big pissed at this thing now. Anyway, <laughs> it's raining. E thirty six chassis. I've heard from a few FD. Uh, drivers is like one of the best chassis to kind of slide around. Is that is that true? Like, why why do you like the platform so much? The platform is extremely good from a stock all the way up to a pro. So I feel like there's a lot of continuity, um, and it's a lot of just how the suspension base is created. Like the rear, it's a it's a trailing arm setup, so you can create a lot of mechanical grip and all this stuff. Um, when directly comparing to like a 240 and stuff like that, it just feels good right out the box. Okay. What does mechanical grip mean? <laughs> mechanical grip is uh, it's grip created by like the geometry of the suspension of the car, okay. not based off of like the compression of the suspension or like lowering air pressure. So like you can have a lot of grip in the car and still run 50 psi or still run super wide wheels and tires and stuff like that. Interesting. It's just like another layer of shit that I didn't <laughs> know that I would have to deal with if I were to build a m- bigger horsepower car. Yeah, it's a lot. If you 
pay attention to like if you just watch FD and like scan through and you watch all these 240s you see them just squat down yeah. like crazy and that's mm -hmm. they're creating their grip out of compression and like using low air pressure and stuff like that and I'll be honest I run like 20 to 30 psi in my rear tires and you'll actually see when I like lurch, lurch on people yeah. my car like stands up because it's the trailing arm like digging into the ground oh. so we we create grip in a totally different not totally different, but a, a little bit. We use different tools. Dude, that reminds me of, we were at St. Louis, you were there, and watching, I think it was James Dean, his car, the RTR cars, coming around that like that last zone. And I swear to God, if they could have had negative tire pressure, they they would have <laughs> yeah. had negative tire. They're like, running like oh, flats out there. <laughs> it was every, if you got a shot, if you guys watch St. Louis, go back, you can see some of the highlight clips. Like if you see any of the shots that people took like from the high rise like stands or even above the building, you'd see these wheels and you didn't see the tire. It just looked like it was a mm -hmm. shadow of the wheel because they ran no tire pressure, like zero. I'm like, how is that even legal? <laughs> it doesn't even seem like it's real. So you think like, I mean, a lot of times people talk about best platforms to jump into if you're starting to drift. You think the E36 is a, a solid pick? Yeah, E36, E46, they're almost an identical chassis, a little bit different widths and dimensions, but they're like parts go back and forth. I think sure. that's sweet. You know, your normal 350Z sweet. I mean, S550 Mustangs are pretty sweet. I've heard that too. I've seen a lot of, what do you think about Corvettes? Seen a lot of C4, C5s out there in the game. What do you think? I think it's sick. Yeah, I like it. I'm about it. I mean, it seems good. Wheelbase is good. I mean, they're a little bit pricey of an entry point, but it's like if you put side by side, like my my C time car, my yep. supercharged M54 E46, the money I have into that and the power it makes side by side to a Corvette, I am way more into that BMW really? for way less of a car oh, than, man. than the Corvette. That's a weird way to know. think about it. And people be spending twelve grand on a KA two forty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Yeah, I'm I didn't looking spend at you. Twelve grand. Yeah, how much did you spend again? Eight grand. <laughs> Thought he was gonna say higher. Like, so it's twenty. I had a I had a random DM from a, a a guy that he's like, dude, love your content. Just want you to know, I'm getting into uh, I'm getting into drifting because I saw what you guys are doing at US Air and it looks like a blast. And mm -hmm. he's like, I picked up a 240 and I'm like, oh sweet man, where do you live? He's like, oh I live in California. He's like, I'm just getting into. It. I'm like, awesome. What'd you get? He's like, I got a KA 240. I'm like, how much? You gotta tell me how much. You gotta, like, oh no. He's like. 12.5. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like, brother. <laughs> brother. Midwest people would say, oh, when you say people, yeah. like that level of price, I'm like, wow. that's really exciting. I'm like, is it clean? You know, like yeah. nicely like, well it's done. Be he's for like, 12 grand. He's like, ah, you know, it's fenders kind of crumpled up and needs some help, but it's a, it's a drift car. So it's got like a hydro and this and that. I'm like, good luck, bro. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. That, <laughs> good luck. That excuse, that excuse. Everyone will pre like they'll follow up everything they say. It's a drift car. Mm -hmm. It's like an yeah. excuse for things yep. being like not. Yeah, the buyer's remorse is real. <laughs> That's why it's like I love you know in, in grip racing they have those forums out there, especially on Facebook where you see these cars. You know they're like GTB cars or GT3, GT4, mm -hmm. and they're four hundred thousand dollar cars out of the box, and they're selling them for like one forty. And you know when you look at the car that even at 140, you're like, this is like not a hundred forty forty thousand dollar car. And they're like, yeah, it's on its fourth engine. It's this, it's that. But sometimes I feel like in grip racing, people will like bring down the price really heavily because the cars are just beat to shit. Right. Yeah. In drift, like drift cars, I see it like almost the opposite way where they're like, this car's ready to drift. It's a 240 KA, twenty two thousand dollars. It's like what? <laughs> 
it's no. That makes no sense. Yeah. It's because it's like, oh, it's got all the cool Japanese parts in it. And it's really rare. So yeah. you know, they don't work, but it has. It. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the knuckles are like completely like destroyed but, or, you know, whatever. But it has it. That's it, it's yeah. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you've spent three years in FD. Obviously, the talk of the town is Formula Drift because it's like the largest drifting body in the United States. What's been like your biggest takeaway as you've been in it for three years? To be honest, it's uh, it's that cars and like all this stuff is honestly some of the smallest part of FD. Yeah, it's like the mental of everyone, all drivers and pro sponsors. I mean, staff, everything. It is like it's a completely different game. Like I've drifted in a lot of different or not even drifted, I've raced in different professional series and everything is kind of like a roll with the punches. Like everything's really organized. Everyone kind of knows what to expect and like running FD and like being around FD now for like three years is it's like, you really never know what's going to happen. You never know what to expect out of other drivers, out of anything else. Like you can get data from people and then they pull something out of their ass. That's like amazing. And it's like, just, it's all over the place. Like there's so much inconsistency in formula drift mm -hmm. that it makes it, like even if you have everything planned down to a T, you're always just like looking over your shoulder, ready for anything. I heard that at I think Giles, you heard this too. Probably like at its peak was at E Town. Was it E Town? No, it was um, where they changed the track last Florida. Oh yeah, Orlando. Orlando, yep. where they changed the track like a <laughs> three day, times. Yeah, three times, like a day before, and then everybody was like, "Oh my God, what the hell am I supposed to do? There's no way my tires are gonna last that long." Then they changed it again. Then they never told the public. Mm -hmm. And then Torque Motorsport put out their like video where they mm -hmm. show the course. And everybody in the comments are like, that's the wrong layout. That's the wrong layout. <laughs> and then FD came out later like, no, that's the layout. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And then they're like, actually just kidding. The day before they changed the whole thing, they repaid. I mean, that's got to be tough to plan because there's a lot. stressful. Yeah, there's a lot more to drifting than, I mean, obviously you're going out there and sliding. But like your team is planning for mm -hmm. the track layout, right? I mean, you guys are changing things based on what you know about the track yeah absolutely i mean it, it just happened in utah as well a little bit less to the like public knowledge but um you know as drivers we all drive a lot together pro prospect guys we drive on a seto we drive on sim i mean i probably put 20 to 30 hours a week in on the sim like an incredible amount of time and uh we were all running utah like we still had the inner clip yeah. And, oh yeah yeah and they didn't announce that it was switching to the outer zone until the week that we're leaving <laughs> oh my so God. and it that that change in the middle of the track completely changed the flow of everything yeah, it changed yeah. gearing, that's a it huge setup change. yeah so like all of us just hopped on the sim like with like 12 hours before we're all leaving just like <laughs> running this new layout trying to get like a feel for it and mm -hmm. understand because um but yeah the, the the orlando thing was crazy because we already knew i already knew tons of guys in pro who couldn't make two laps last on the original layout yeah so right. when they expanded it in not to be super biased, but there's a few, there's a lot of different tire brands in, in Pro One. Yep. And there's a few of them that are not as good as mm -hmm. the high level ones. And the tire wear is pretty poor. Yeah. So like I knew that those guys were going to be screwed if they went with that layout. So I am glad that they changed it. But yeah, it is, <laughs> Man. <laughs> it is wild. I mean, even St. Louis, I mean, we had yeah. a lot of change this year. That whole wall getting pushed out. Yep. We didn't mm -hmm. know what to expect until we saw it. On the, <laughs> like we we actually didn't know we were jeff jeff Donati and i were running um 
on the sim like the week leading up mm -hmm. and um, on St. Louis on the old layout, they had the access road that they basically paved up to. Yeah. So we were drifting through the grass through this concrete wall that had, was like a no clip zone <laughs> just to try to get like a feel for oh the my track. God. But That's again, wild. it was gearing everything because St. Yeah. Louis goes from like vehicle speed, probably from like 80 miles an hour to like 20. Yeah, mm. that like last like it's really tight yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's just a crazy, it's a crazy thing. And there is like, we do put a lot of thought and effort into like what the car is going to do and set up before we go to the track. It does seem like 2023, there were a lot of last minute changes or just yeah. like adjustments in general. Do you think there's a reason for that? Was it because the cars are just like they're scaling in power or they're trying to make it more exciting. Like, what do you think the reason is for FD to make changes like that just to bring more excitement to the sport or what? I think everything's changing a bit. I think FD as a whole didn't really have a lot of push to do a lot of stuff. One, because pro two at the time, like wasn't, it was not excelling in a certain level. Sure. It was just like you had your 20 guys in pro one running it and that was it. There was nothing really pushing it forward. Then we had Driftmasters that has just been absolute crazy that everyone's comparing everything to. Yeah. And then Pro Spec, I mean, when I started my first year of Pro Spec, the competition was very weird. Like mm -hmm. there wasn't, there was maybe like two outshine guys, like not, not me, other people were like really good. And now like everyone's on a different level. Sure. So I feel like FD just had like a whole different wave of like, we need to do something. Like we need sure. to make everyone feel like we're like, trying to make some sort of forward progression in track layout or everything. Like the reason we didn't, we didn't go back to Orlando is because there's no pit space because we're like, there's just so many drivers now. Yeah. Yeah. Every driver is good, is capable of like doing really well. And I think FD realized that they had to do something to like keep progressing the sport or else all these other waves of things were going to pass it by. I do think the, the element of like the drift masters conversation, which is sensitive to some people like the, the comparison all the time. And because we're, you know, we go with torque motorsport and obviously we're close with FD. It's always like a weird conversation, but I always say with confidence that a little competition is good. Yeah. Like between bodies of motorsport too, because it drives innovation. It drives these, these people that sometimes they're the only ones that have kind of been on the block. Now there's a second one coming on and that's not to say, you know, next year, the LZ world tour is obviously making waves too. Mm -hmm. and, and I know Adam's testing stuff out in that space. And it's like, by all means, I want everybody to be successful, but it is nice to see that FD's like, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> we got to do something here because mm -hmm. I have heard from other drivers in the past, particularly in the pro spec space, where they're like, I would like a little more light, you know, a little bit more limelight, maybe a little bit more focus on us so that we can continue to grow because it's not just about the sport, mm -hmm. but like you guys got to get like marketing dollars and sponsorship dollars and you got to convince tire companies to send you stuff, right. intake companies to send you. It's just wild the amount yeah. of work that goes a lot. Of, a lot of you guys are just one or two man teams out there. Like it's just you and your buddies like kind of trying to get her done. And you know, it's, you don't have two full trailers with a, with a whole team and spare it, you know, everything. So yeah, that's crazy. I remember, um, it was like the first like prospect round that we went to or the first event with the prospect round that we went to. And uh, I remember we walked over into like the prospect pits. I looked at Alex. I'm like, this is fun over here. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. this is a vibe over I here. I think it was. I think it was E Town where it was yeah. like we were walking around in the pro pro pits, and I'm like, everybody's very serious. And we just got off like a couple interviews with some people that were taking it like very polished. You know, like mm -hmm. just like a very polished yep. approach. And I get it. Like I've been in that space, but. You know, the whole point of FD is there is some, some like some style and charisma to all of it. There's mm. personality. 
And we walked into the prospect space, and the very first thing I saw was like a dude yanking out a, uh, a like a grill from his 240, and he's like pulling it out. And, like another guy's grabbing a box of frozen burgers, and like dude's got a Corona. And they're like, "Hey, you want one?" And I'm like, "We'll be back, I promise." <laughs> and it's like it is a whole different. Yeah, vibe. There's music jamming over there. Like yeah, you said there were people like pulling body panels out. They just had like a winch hooked up to the truck. They're just like taking <laughs> it down. It was awesome. What do you think is like, uh, you know, as you look between pro spec and pro, I have heard from from people that they say, you know, if I could go into pro, I probably wouldn't. I really like the pro spec space. Are you aiming to get into pro? Do you like being in pro spec? Like, what are your goals as a driver in the sport? I think as a driver, the goal is pro, mm-hmm. but the goal is to be ready for pro. Sure. Like, you know, the pro spec the pro spec itself has developed so much over the last couple of years where like the only goal of pro two and pro spec was to just like move past it was to like jump past Mm -hmm. it because it didn't really get any limelight. It didn't get a lot of that. Um, it was harder to get sponsors and like pro one was just the goal pro spec. now has changed so much. We're like, we do get a lot of limelight. We Mm -hmm. do get a lot of recognition. We're, we're back to now we're, we're on the driving cool tracks. There's no, there's no slouch. We're back at Atlanta. Like we get to do the cool stuff. Um, so I feel like, Prospect is not a bad place to like be and grow and learn, especially mm-hmm. since I would say what my dad always compares it to is pro one, like four years ago is what prospect is now. Yeah. So like okay, the level sure. of everything. So, and now pro one is even higher. Like all the guys have gotten even better, the programs, everything. So I'm okay living in the prospect world right now, you know, because it is a, it is a big like jump financially and yeah. support wise and yeah. everything. Um, but yeah, when I'm still, the dream is to put together a proper program to where pro is possible, because I do think to get better, you have to, you know, get pushed. Yeah. And I think prospect is pushing me a lot, but I feel like if I like finished in the, in the, the ranking where I was eligible to move up and all that kind of stuff that I would, I would want to just take advantage of that. Yeah, sure. That's wild. I always think to myself, it was like, it reminds me of when I was at US Air and the very first time I go out on the advanced course and you were behind me. It was the hardest <laughs> I've ever driven. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know which way was up. We were doing the reverse and I'm like, I swear to God, if I fuck this up, Corey's going to give me so much shit for the longest time. And you almost like need to be put in that position a little bit, right? Where it's yeah. like a comfortable level of just constant mm-hmm. pressure to, to keep growing, which I think is wild. When you look at you know, the E46 chassis, you being in prospect, there's a lot of eyes just in this whole space right now. A lot of them, I would argue, are like younger. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're watching the stuff on TikTok now. They're watching the edits. They're watching that. And they're getting really excited about it. What would be like one tip you'd give to some of these people that are maybe trying to jump into the sport or maybe trying to jump into a car to learn how to drift and don't want to have a car that's on jack stands, you know, nine months out of the year? Truthfully, it's it's the same thing that people have always been preaching is like, jump into like let's say it's an e36 or an e46 get in the car like put a seat coils in it you know make sure everything works and it's not going to fall apart and just drift it like mm-hmm. that's it i mean not in me- if you can find a place in mexico do some donuts in a parking lot you know <laughs> yeah. go to a, there's so many drift events now that's one big thing is when i started drifting there was only us air there was only a, right. an event once a month you had to register for the event within 5 minutes or else it was sold out and you didn't get to drift yeah. i mean it was like a crazy thing now you can go like in wisconsin you can go down to gld yep, yep. twice a week yeah you can buy a season <laughs> pass for like 150 bucks <laughs> and drift all season and it's, it's like a six skid pad, freshly yeah. paved, literally purpose for like, so people Slide can drift. <laughs> so like now I think the, pl- the space to drift, like safe places to drift and people to like teach you is not hard to find. Now it's just about like jumping over that little bit of like 
pride or obsessiveness mm-hmm. of like wanting to have like a cool car out the gate mm-hmm. and like getting into something and just and just drifting it. I mean, there's even like even at US Air and GLD and like local places, you can like rent cars like just yeah. 350Zs oh, yeah. and stuff. I mean, I would definitely just slam and sim if you want to bridge the gap try to drift on a seto dude i feel like that's like god's green gift to the midwest car enthusiasts are sim rigs because when yeah. it snows for six months out of the year yeah and you're busy yeah. looking at sun that's only something. outside the window for two hours and yeah. you're like this shit sucks it's like at least you can jump on a sim rig and slide around with your buddies i think that's a blast yeah. we were talking a little bit beforehand too we were talking about the sim rig and stuff too you said that you had you kind of like measured everything like specifically to your E36, like everything is like same location and stuff. Yeah, I took a, I took like a cheap tube steel tube frame mm-hmm. like sim rig off marketplace, sure. and then just kind of cut it up and welded like brackets mm-hmm. everywhere. And so like my steering wheel, pedals, like the height of my seat, uh, shifter and handbrake, everything is like within like a half an inch of where it is in my pro car. Because um, I use I, I like to use VR, so everything just feels the same. Because drifting is muscle memory. I mean, like mm-hmm. if I go drift, if I don't drift all winter, and I just go into an event next spring i'll feel like i won't be smooth in my hands everything it'll be all kind of wild mm-hmm. like so muscle memory is everything i taught myself how to left foot brake on the sim nice. taught myself how to like foot brake transition i mean like all of these skills like first time i had to do a huge entry in like in utah the biggest concern is the car dying yeah like when you throw it in and you have to basically hold handbrake <laughs> or do something for like <laughs> over a hundred feet or whatever the distance is yeah. like if you're if you're not drive by wire and you don't have it controlled to like keep revs up like i have a cable like the car will literally shut off so like <laughs> i had to i had to basically get good at muscle memory of like throwing the car clutch and then like feathering the throttle and being able to like heel toe foot brake while on handbrake and then being able to like keep it up in revs the whole time, especially since I'm in a 2J. So yeah, that's a lot going on. That's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a small break. When we get back into it, we're going to talk about the good old how the other motorsports that Corey may have been a part of. And then we're also just going to talk a little bit about what our goals are over the wintertime. Which, by the way, if you guys are interested in picking up a set of tires, we do want to say that this podcast is sponsored by Continental Tire. <laughs> God damn it, that's right. And if you're looking to buy winter tires, now's the time. Because if you do it in, like, December, you're already fucked, all right? The good news is Continental (laughs) Tire has a whole bunch of different tire lines, a whole bunch of really great stuff. DWS 06, the Extreme Contact Sport 02s, we tested those out. We've been going over to US Air, testing pretty much the entire lineup of Continental Tire, and all of them have been absolutely fantastic. Great mileage, great warranties, pretty much nothing bad to say about them at all. And if that's not enough to convince you, just a friendly reminder that Dakota has it tattooed on his body. So true. that is about uh, as much social proof as we can possibly give you. And if you're winch- or if you're interested, we do have Continental Tire on Martini Works now, which is actually pretty cool. So with that said, we're gonna take a small break. We'll be right back. <laughs> so we are back. Corey, you mentioned that you were in other motorsport outside of drifting. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've been racing since I was four. What the hell? What were you doing? You raced some bicycles? Like what? No, no bikes. I started in snowmobiles. Nice. So I raced snowmobiles for a while when I was young. Big balls to yeah. race snowmobiles. <laughs> that shit's dangerous, dude. Yeah. It's just that, super dangerous. When you were four, were you like on the little kitty cat things? Or like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, we had the kitty cats, yeah. the 120s. <laughs> but we did have, there was like, so we did do some custom built sleds. Like it was called the F1 class oh, and those yeah. went like 60. And we, were, we did like ice ovals. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we did like a little bit of the snowcross stuff, but mainly like the ice oval stuff. Yeah. Um, went from that into go-karts. God damn it. There it is. So, what, when did you get into go-karts? 
seven or eight. Okay, so just a quick question. If a 29-year-old <laughs> were to get into go-karts, is that considered weird? No, no, no. You could do it. I mean, like, you could literally run at Road America on the Briggs Motorplex. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, run shifter carts, all that kind of stuff. See? Like, this guy has been talking about, so, he, he keeps bringing up go-karts more and more and more lately. So it's, be, it's because I talked to, so I talked to uh, Michelin, and I was, like, <laughs> talking to them, and I'm like, I really want to get better at at driving like i want to go to driving schools i want to go to racing schools and i want to figure out like how to get into this more and more and mm-hmm. like well we're, we're happy to help um but have you tried go-karts mm-hmm. and so i brought it up to my friend who's lars avid you know he goes to ra all the time and he like shit talked him he's like we were gonna get your ass beat by five-year-olds i'm like i don't <laughs> care i feel like it's like an affordable easy way to get into like racing almost you know because they cost like seven or eight grand right yeah i mean it's not bad like the because i raced i raced oval stuff like okay. i raced a lot of oval oval dirt and it was like tires were almost more expensive in go-karts than there was in drifting really because we wow. like because prep was such a big thing like oh, sure. we prep tires like and it's a hit or miss it's crazy but we were running for a lot of money like my best year i made it on a couple of like covers of like go-kart magazines and all the stuff we won i think when when i was 11 years old we won almost $87,000 in a year just from prize pool of racing go-karts that's awesome so (laughs) So you're saying I can beat up children and win money well I'm in (laughs) no they're gonna beat you up yeah yeah, that's true I'm gonna have five-year-old giving me the middle finger you're gonna have two five-year-olds with a hundred grand in their pocket giving you the middle finger as they pass you yeah no there is different like there is um I think there is entry level classes for different age groups still yeah. to this day. So, cause that's the one thing is road, like road course go-karting is actually a lot more affordable and like easier to, easier to get into, I would say than yeah. like oval stuff. Sure. Um, and it's fun. And like, I will tell you that a lot of my like driving thought process and like slowing everything down comes from that really? because you yeah. have to like in a momentum based racing, you have to like always be thinking of like the next thing mm-hmm. you have to be thinking so far ahead um yeah and it's just super fun is that why is that why like almost everyone that's in grip racing starts with carts is it because of that or like is it just because it's the easiest to throw a five-year-old into and not be like <laughs> judged or put on a list well i would say that it is it is easy like to get into like entry even if you don't like even experience racing not even at a competitive level i think it's easy to get into but i don't i would not look down at all on like getting into and you have the frame for it too because like hey, you're calling me childish figure i'm calling chal- <laughs> you uh slender yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know slender. when you're running a cart you know and you have like weight restrictions and all this kind of stuff like giving if you like if, if i hopped into a cart i wouldn't be able to adjust weight mm. a lot to get sure. set up you know you hop into a cart you can like dial anything and you need i just really want to do it, it just seems like fun I think you have a blast with it. I, think I just so think too. I, well, I saw it too because up here it's it's almost we're almost like uh, how do you say like we, we're blessed. We're f- forty five minutes away from U.S. Air, which is has carts, mm-hmm. bikes, drifting, and autocross. Mm-hmm. Then you have Road America, which is like one of the the prettiest full makeup on <laughs> tracks you could possibly go to. Mm-hmm. Then at Road America, you have a go-kart track that is as big as other people's normal size tracks yeah. that yep. you can drive. Then if you're like, well, I want to go in a straight line and drink beer, you can head on up to WIR 25 <laughs> minutes away. The fuckers open like seven days a week, 365 days. Yep. Like you can do anything it, in this area. They do run the shifter carts on the full tr- Road America oh, track too. Do they really? Like the full course. So <sighs> well, you, that's crazy. you hit like, 
scary speeds. <laughs> like, <laughs> <go-kart>. Imagine <laughs> going through the kink with a go kart and just being like, if I mess this up, just my head's pinned. hitting the yeah. wall. <laughs> like I'm dead. We did um, actually one of the coolest races I did. I raced when I was, I think I was like eight years old. We raced um, go kart on the Milwaukee Mile, the full track. Really, and we had. <laughs> We had like, because we, we raced these big tracks, mm-hmm. drafting was huge. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's sketchy when you're in the middle of like an eight cart draft. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're like three cars back. Your cart is weightless, like completely weightless. Like we had some kid who like, you know, because you're bump drafting, you're really close, um, got tapped and then its cart like turned sideways and just launched into a wall. <laughs> oh my like, God. But it's like, it's wild. Like when you're going that fast on something that weighs nothing yeah. with mm-hmm. eight year olds in it. Like, <laughs> And that's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing they they just bounce off everything. Yeah. Like in that scenario, like wh- like what kind of speeds are we talking about? Like how fast? I don't know for sure, but we were probably. I feel like I want to say it was probably in like the the sixty to eighty range. Oh and on something just like on something like that, small and compact, that's moving. Well, we were talking <laughs> to the the one of the managers at US Air, Mike, who's been awesome this year. And he was talking about how, because I was talking about the kart race, and mm-hmm. he was like, you really should do it. It's a blast. He goes, it is a little scary, though, because like you, you'll be running a kart race, which has, let's say, like, I don't know, 20 laps or something like that. And for 17 laps, nothing happens because everybody's in the same line. <laughs> everybody's just trying to draft off of everybody. So there's no, like, major excitement. But the last three laps are fucking wild because everyone's trying to like sneak in and like find those little mistakes and you just see he's like you'll see these like kids just (laughs) just all over them just shooting off and i'm like that's gotta be fun to watch like i hope they're okay but it would be fun to watch it's kind of like a nascar accident right where you're like please be all right but also that was crazy that was wild (laughs) did you see the car you know that's that's cool. Is there any sport that you want to get into that I, you haven't? I want to race sprint cars. Oh, ooh. Okay. So that's like it's gonna happen. I don't really like at some point in time in my life where I'm gonna run like four ten sprints. Oh, is that so? So educate me. Why why is that fun? Um, in my mind, one again, we're in this blessed Midwest area <laughs> where I could race like five nights a week if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is it's like it is a driver like skill-based thing like obviously car is super important all this stuff but it's just it's just wild like it's one of those sports like you know you go to a, a pa- you go to a slinger and you watch like a pavement late model oval race and it's like cool exciting you know these guys are putting a lot into it but still you don't maybe necessarily leave with like wow that's yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. yeah you go to like plymouth and just watch even like the 360 sprint guys. You watch the World of Outlaw guys. You watch them throw it into a corner at 90 <laughs> miles an hour and just accelerate and pull a wheelie all the way down the straightaway. Like you're like, wow. You you and Dustin Corth would just that. get along so well. He loves that shit so much. Yeah. That's 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 so cool. If you like, let's say you had to pick, you have to right. Mm-hmm. You have to pick a Midwest company to be your sponsor. This is important for those that aren't listening. Midwest <laughs> is owned by like five companies in total. One being Menards, big. Fleet Farm, or Farm and Fleet, depending, yeah, depending on which where way you, from, you, yeah. you swing. Bro, quick trip. Quick trip. There it is. <laughs> Corey Talas is running trip. around with a white yeah. red sprint car. Quick trip. Bro. Talking about Glazers on like yeah. when he wins the podium. I just want to thank. I had a really great breakfast this morning. You can get Glazers, six of them, two ninety nine. Hey, Karuba coffee. Hey, don't forget your rewards card, okay? Yeah. We'll see you next time. Yeah. No, you know, um, you're at the quick trip, and they have like the little toy trucks, and they always have the banana semi. Yeah. yeah. I just want to wrap my taller, like full quick trip banana, and then 
I don't know what it, it is with Midwest people, especially Midwest car people, because we were coming back from Chicago yesterday, and <laughs> at no at no particular point did Gels ever touch the maps to figure out where a gas station was. He just sniffed out the Quick Trip. I did. I just, just like pulled off, and Alex like looked up. He's like, "Oh, Quick Trip, nice." I was like, "Yeah, and just knew where it is." You yeah, kind of you kind of feel where yeah, they're at. You it's know, like, like a little tingly yeah. feeling in your hips. You're like, "It's nearby." Yeah, it's, it's like close. you know, the start op- to take the exit. I, yeah. I can't stop it. It's just pulling. <laughs> I don't know. If you know, like it's, it's an off ramp or an off ramp, and immediately an on ramp. There's a Quick Trip within a like half mile yeah. radius. I just love Quick Trip. There's, I've never had a poor experience at Quick. Like I go into Bucky's, right? Mm-hmm. It was and neat. I love it's, Bucky's. It's neat. Very cool. Scary. Lots, lots to take is it, in. Is it the the character? Does he scare you? Okay, or? so the character is a little odd, but <laughs> like, I don't need that much space. What's the other one? It's got like a billion. Is that Bucky's that yeah. has like the billion? Yeah. yeah. N- too much. Too much. I thought it was awesome. Well, it is cool. I just like I'm nervous. Like I I don't know. Am I supposed to keep my car at the pump because there's nine thousand of them? Is that okay to do? I don't know. I just don't. My first experience at Bucky's, we were coming back from Tennessee, and we hit it at like the most beautiful sunrise that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, and just coming up over like the hundred and fifty gas pumps that were like out front, and like we were just uh, Dakota was with, and then uh, Maggie, and then Maya. We were just like kind of standing there like. This is wild. Wow. <laughs> Just this beautiful sunrise and then this giant flying beaver. Flying J. Statue. Flying J. Oh, we're going to get into the yeah. truck stops now. So you like flying J? I, can, I like pilot more than flying J. I can only, when I travel for FD with like the rig, because mm-hmm. we have like the stacker and everything, yeah. I can only stop at truck stops. So That's like fair. I can only eat at Denny's. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I can only stop at a flying J or a pilot. Well, we, we can stop at other ones, but like yeah. they're just yeah. nicer, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen the inside of way too many of those trucks. Dude, I when when uh, when Gels and I went down to St. Louis with the GRD six to do content, and oh, yeah. we were we were heading down Illinois, the most boring goddamn state, right next to Texas. Once you get past, hey, when you're Chicago, heading down the west side of Illinois, oh, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. The state doesn't even need to exist. Like we we get past the exciting stuff, and there's nothing. Finally, I'm like, dude, I'm hungry. Like I, we're oh we're God. getting hungry. And we're like, oh, there's a off ramp, and it says, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. So we take the the off ramp, and we're driving for like five minutes. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Like there's where? nothing. And we're like driving another five minutes. We're like, where the fuck is this fast food place? Yeah. And you want to know what's there in the middle of this town that looks like it got stuck in 1974? Is a subway, <laughs> in like a 10 by 20, like almost yeah. looks like an apartment rental. It's the only fast food ask restaurant in the town yeah outside of like you know mom and pop's bar and grill that it's opens like, at 11 yeah <laughs> closes at 1 30 yeah. once they're done and like so we go we eat there i'm like all right whatever we get back on the road then we go down we go to eat again nothing's available except subway another subway stop so we have subway a second time then we get to st louis and we're doing st louis stuff and we go across the street to get food and what's there taco bell and subway. subway. Dude, I must have had Subway like seven times. I'm like, I have a I have just I have a beef with Subway now. It's just so bad. I couldn't do it anymore. I remember standing in the line at the Taco Bell that was like right next to it looking at Alex. I'm like, you have the choice. We've <laughs> just had this like three times in a row. You can come over here. He's like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do, do Taco it. Bell, dude. I can't do You Taco talking Bell. about the gas station across from the track? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That was was it, that was a flying J, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. 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 I just remember because I could sit there and like you'd have Mike Power would just walk in, <laughs> and then 27 videographers would walk in, and then we ran into 
uh, James Dean. Every single time I've ran into him, not at the track, it's been at a goddamn subway. It has. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's not even funny anymore. <laughs> so now it's like anytime I walk into a subway casually, I'm like looking for like a seven foot nine big dude. I'm like, is he around here? No. Okay, we can keep going. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, when we went to shoot, I'd, I think it was. It might have been Utah. Um, I ran into Osbo at a Panera, mm-hmm. and he was not in character. <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> and, and it was so weird to me because we like walked in and he's sitting there. He's, uh, you know, he's got his mac and cheese sandwich, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. He's reading a book. I didn't look what book it is. He's reading a book. Oh, man. He's got, uh, like, he looked like he just left like an alt rock punk show in like 2010. <laughs> I've heard this. Like, you know, skinny, like textured jeans, okay. like, like high top, like Nikes, like with the big like tongue yeah, on it yeah, and everything. Yeah. It like, uh, you know, like the whole European like size small shirt, yes. like really tight. And uh, I was like, this is him. This this is the real him. Yeah, yeah. Unshaven. Damn. I see him the next day. And I'm like, this is not This is not the <laughs> I've same heard, person. I've heard this so many times. That's wet and loose in a Panera yeah. bread. <laughs> the moment the rock star suit comes off, the European mm-hmm. Frederick Osbo yeah. like steps out with the tight, <laughs> shiny shirt and like the tight pants and the beard. Like he's almost unrecognizable is what I've heard. Like when he's just like hanging around. Because he, he can grow a goddamn yeah, beard yeah. too. Crazy. I can too. I just try to yeah, right. Uh-huh. I, you yeah. know, keep it away. Yeah, yeah. We All right, keep that tamed. So, 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 help me understand one last question about FD. Then we'll jump into something else. It astonished me at Irwindale when Matt Field decided to punt James <laughs> Dean into the corner. <laughs> Bless Matt Field's soul. The, the guy's just just as controversial on the internet as he as he seems to be when he's talking about stuff like this. But like, RTR put that car back together. It looked like a crumpled coke can i i watched the video multiple times and i'm like i can see like fell off of that yeah Yeah. i can see like the chassis just like all these pieces bending and i'm like that's not plastic that's metal that's gonna be hard to do they got the car back together and he kept going is that like when you look at that obviously that's astonishing that's a huge accomplishment by rtr but that is a massive that is a fuck ton of money to have like on deck to fix a car versus some other people in pro, like their transmission goes out, they may have one backup, but if they don't have a backup, they're like done. Mm-hmm. Do you see that gap in like the capital of these teams being an issue in the motorsport, or is that just like a nut up and shut up and just keep kind of driving until you figure it out? I don't know if it's an issue because I have to, in my mind, I have to look at it a different direction. Is like I look at it as like, okay, there's money in FD. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. people are putting money into it. Um, so I look at it in a positive direction. Yes, of course. Like you, it's kind of hard not to be like, yeah, must be nice. <laughs> but like, it's definitely. I think it's sweet still on a general scale. I mean, RTR is crazy. They literally have. I've watched them change a rear end in Vaughn's car in like four minutes in a five minute time five minute timeout. Yeah. I've watched them change. Um, an engine in Chelsea's car between top 32 and top 16. I mean, like it is just, it's wild. And I think what it does, that style of things is it pushes all of us to build better cars. Like build, you know, when I make bash bars, I make three of each. When I do my whole front end, I'll actually put a whole spare front end in, set it up and take it back out of spares. Like I think all of that just pushes, pushes everything forward. And I think it is good, even though yes, like the gap is huge between like, my team and like an RTR or like yeah. or Matt Fields Heatwave team and everything like that, but like I think it's good. I mean, I think yeah. it's 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 going in the right direction because eventually there's going to be 
big companies or smaller companies that are seeing what other companies are doing. Like everyone follows suit. Yeah. There's not a lot of originality in like marketing and all these deciding factors anymore. They're like, all right, what is my competition putting money into? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I do, I, to, to be fair too, I've seen sometimes like on the other side too, cause I don't just want to talk about how it's a money thing, but like I watched uh, like feel like Odie and, and those guys too. Like, they put out some really impressive performance this season. Mm -hmm. We're like, their drivers were on podium loads the whole yeah. season. Yep. And it's like, I asked kind of them the same question where it's like, well, how, how are you guys doing it? And they're like, we just, we prioritize making sure our cars don't blow up. Because mm -hmm. yeah. if the car can stay in one piece, I can, the drivers will do what they need to do. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. It just seems like RTR had a <laughs> bad string of luck. The fucking cars just kept blowing yeah. up, going <laughs> sideways. Chelsea drives his car super aggressively, yep, yep. you know, and James Dean just had some, some weird luck <laughs> with, yeah. with yeah. some accidents. But. Yeah. I remember seeing that we were, uh, when we were in Orlando, we were uh, hanging out um, with Chris Forsberg at his tent. And then the um, Chelsea spot was like pretty much right next to it. Yeah. And I remember uh, he had that wreck at Orlando too. And like, they came pushing that car and they had like 30 people on yeah. like, that thing was messed up. Like they, and they come it. out of nowhere. I know. They I was like, where the nowhere. hell did all the, like someone came running from like the swamp with like a yeah. spare fender. I'm like, where the fuck did you the come N from? The NPCs yeah. loading for the new round. It's like, you're playing against the flood in halo. It's like, yeah. what the hell? It was wild to me. Cause I saw that and people, yeah, they come out of nowhere. They fix the car and then they disappear. And like the only person that's, that's like left is, uh, what's his name? Ray, Ray, Ray. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. He's got like the one like, can oh. on. He's got like the one can on and he's just <laughs> sitting back there and I go up to talk to him because I've talked to him a few times. Really awesome dude to, t to chat with. And they will put together an entire car in four minutes. You know, the most mm -hmm. sophisticated that I couldn't, you couldn't pay me to do that. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else will come in and be like, hey, do you know where the, the visor, the new visor is for Adam? <laughs> we can't, he can't, it's dark. And so he can't see. <laughs> And Ray just like managed to rebuild an entire car. And he looks at, he's like, it's in the truck, passenger seat. You can just go get it. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Like the most advanced shit. And then still having to deal with like, hey, do you know where that 10 mil is? I can't, yeah. I can't find it. I said it. this somewhere. I think someone moved it on me. Did you do that? <laughs> That's just, Formula Drift is such a, a wild sport. I love it. Do you think you're going to ever find time to maybe jump into other, um, like racing bodies for drifting at all? I mean, Drift Masters is obviously a big one that I've seen a lot of people talk mm. about, but there's some other ones in the United States too, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a, a big push that I've actually made even just like this year and fall is like working with, because obviously I can only run one tire in pro spec. Like we are GT radio locked in. Yep. And we are like, I love the tire, it's good, but like it doesn't allow for kind of that avenue of expansion to run other stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been working on some stuff that'll hopefully allow me to run um, run different events like outside of you know FDs like for me it's only four rounds it's four yeah, rounds yeah. that cost 50 grand but more <laughs> but it's four rounds you know so yeah I want to do a lot I, I drifted this year probably more than I ever have um, I probably did you know I did the four rounds and then probably like 10 to 12 events, events outside of it nice. so that's kind of like the goal again um, but I'd like some of those events outside of FD to be like comps be shootouts be something else you sure. know um, and kind of see where it grows. I think we're going to start to see maybe some crossover of like, you know, even more foreign drivers coming here. Maybe it opens the door for us to go over there, maybe rent a car, you know, kind of world. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, money changes everything. So it's Dude, kind of that world. That's, that's so wild, especially with like, again, I watch like the LZ world tour, right? Cause they, mm -hmm. they have their thing and they were just in Australia where Torque Motorsport 
Torque Motorsport is. Yeah. And like Adam and Jimmy Oaks and Clay, they're like, oh yeah, this is the car we're going to be driving this weekend. Thanks, <laughs> keep it reet for giving me a 600 horsepower S14. Yeah, yeah. I got a three rotor RX-7. You know, like, it's like, what the hell? Where did you get these cars? How are you able to do that? And it's like, well, you can, you know, as you start to build those connections and stuff, yeah. which is absolutely wild. So we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about breaking news. And maybe whatever else the hell we want. <laughs> All right, we are back. We're gonna be talking about breaking news. Let's go. So we've got we've got good old Corey Talaska here. So we're gonna jump we're gonna jump right in. First question was from Giant Kebab. He <laughs> said, "What modern cars have massive gains with a tune?" What do you guys think? GTIs. GTIs. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Because they just under they just under yeah, like, the only power their cars the, for liability. That, that and then the, the the only downfall really is the clutch because then like you get over like 300 and they just start slipping like crazy but yeah like just bolt-ons and a tune you can go crazy with it yo yo trucks Dude, like yeah. modern oh. modern trucks with like a i mean they get like you can get a couple hundred foot pounds of torque yeah. out of like a like a bully dog tuner mm -hmm. yeah I remember before even like, you know, obviously there's a lot of EPA conversations, but like back in Eau Claire when I was like 16, I remember one of the guys in the scene got a, uh, a diesel truck and he put a tune on it. And I remember him saying he went like up to 1200 foot pounds of torque. <laughs> and that like number just didn't, like, didn't like, I couldn't, like you're lying to me. That's I couldn't not... comprehend the torque number because yeah. I didn't understand how trucks worked. I was like, how do you, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like how much horsepower do you have? He's like 400. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Somebody in here goes, uh, obviously, I think the B58 is, true. is, true, is true. a super solid one where it's like you, you talk to any BMW owner these days and like, what mods you got? And they're like, downpipe and a tune. And he asks the next guy, he's like, oh, I'm thinking about modding my car. Downpipes and a tune. Yeah. And the other guy's like, I'm saving up. Three, downpipes and a tune. Three, 300 horsepower. Yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, switch it to E85 and it's just a monster. Yeah. Um, so Promet says McLarens also gain enormous amounts of power. Apparently on a 720S, a tune can claim up to a 240 horsepower increase. That's ridiculous. Until you bend a rod. But that's kind of yeah. why they're so popular in the in the supercar <laughs> space. Another one I actually didn't even think about. A horrible drummer. That's a you gotta hype yourself up, my man. The RS3. Audi RS3. I haven't had much experience or know much about those, to be completely honest. I don't. They're like these little five cylinders. And I remember when RS3 did come out, they like disappeared for some reason. I still obviously see one or two on, on social media, but like when the RS3 came out, it was kind of how the B58 is being received now. Sure. But for the RS3, it was just like a surge and it disappeared because they're like these mini Ferrari engines that like with a little tune downpipe, you can make wicked power. So they're five and cylinder? Yeah. That's crazy. And they sound insane. I was gonna say yeah, it's got to have a unique they sound. They sound so good, which is the same thing as like the Audi TTRS. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the TTR. They're such good-looking like cars. cars. Yeah. They from the early 2000s to now they've come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> they have come a long way. First, <laughs> I don't fit well in those vehicles. No. <laughs> I would pay to see same. you in a Mazda Miata, an S2000, and a first-gen Audi TT without <laughs> the wing. It's like Shaq in a Civic. <laughs> Dude, that's absolutely hilarious. Somebody talked about the new WRX, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, he said my RS3 made 600 horsepower on an intake dune downpipe and a turbo inlet. With with his E85 and a hybrid turbo, his goal is 800 wheel horsepower. And that's just on like stock internals yeah. and everything. That's insane. That's what that's, the hell? Don't tell the dealership. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it blew up. I just 
This is this is like, this is a good one for for you specifically because you uh you put that you're a professional race car driver on everything. Um, how hard do you drive when you're test driving your car? Full. You got to go out. Just full out. You got to send it because it's bitten me in the ass. Really? Because I've been I've went to test and I've like been nervous. Like oh we don't have a lot of time after testing mm-hmm. before the event. Mm-hmm. So I like kind of baby it. Feel good. Oh we're good. And then we go to the event and something's not right. And it's something that we would have found. Corey ate gels. But Corey, where can people find you? They can find me at Corey Talaska on everything. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitch. Tumblr. OnlyFans. MySpace. MySpace. Reddit. Feet Finder. Ooh. If you guys want to see more about Corey or some of his exterior bits you guys can go check him out in the description link below Corey, thank you so much for hanging out and if you guys are looking to build your car Montecar martini works we appreciate it so much drop a comment below if you want us to bring other people like Corey back onto the podcast to talk about drifting motorsports or just random car shit because it's super enjoyable and we love having you so thank you so much for watching Corey. thank you enjoy the evening afternoon i'm gonna go have some ramen